0: There you are, greetings, one and all, and welcome to season three. It's season three, the debut of the Pastor Mike Drop podcast, and I am so honored that you've taken some time to tune in. I'm joined, as always, by my faithful co-host, Emily Langpaul. Hello, Emily.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: I'm great. I'm excited for this season.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a really good one. A little different, a little new.
0: A little different, a little new, and and, and yeah, that's going to be good because season one, we had themes and topics and, and explored the intersection of faith and daily life. We continued that into the beginning of season two, and then we uh, did a deeper dive and a devotional study during Lent. This year, we feel like the Spirit's calling us to, to do this, and I, I've never been more excited for it. We're going to take our, our themes uh, from the weekend here at Hope, and even if you're not a part of Hope, you're going to have something that you're going to be able to draw out of these podcasts because the themes are, um, are relevant for what it's like to be doing life. Our theme this year at Hope is God and us in real life. And so uh, if you're living a real life, then this podcast is for you, <laughs> and you have any interest in all, at all in what God has to do with that real life, and God has a lot to do with that real life, this is a good mm-hmm. season for you. And so the podcasts are going to take the weekend themes deeper, um, and you can use those in your, your personal walk with God. You can use those in, in the group stuff that you do together with sisters and brothers in Christ and we are joined today, Emily, uh, by two of our finest here yes. at Hope. Uh, yes. Go ahead and introduce our guests.
1: Yes. With us today, we have Pastor Amanda Neppel and Pastor Andy Hermanson. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Great <laughs> to see everybody.
0: <laughs> you In know sync. The, the thing about Amanda and Andy is they always say things together. It's <laughs> weird. It's, it's uncanny. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, it, it's a great thing. So yeah. tell us just briefly, Amanda, how did you end up becoming a pastor at Hope? <laughs> which is like, a ma- just tell yeah. us real the sh- real right. short, yeah, brief story. Yeah, uh,
2: well, rather than uh, have this be a 10-hour podcast, how about if I just say that it was about 15 years ago, and I actually started working at Hope then in children's ministry, and that was uh, kind of a fluke and very surprising. Uh, but then through that time, then I just um, felt the call to go to seminary and knew that that's what God was calling me to do. And so I did. And so lo and behold, 15 years later, here I am.
0: Man, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm so glad you heard that call and answered yeah. that call. We're so, We're a way better church because of you. Mm-hmm. Same is true for uh, you, Pastor Andy. So what's your s- story of how God led you to be a pastor at Hope? Absolutely. I can
3: just sum it up. I can just say myspace.com. Which is how we My usually recruit pastors. you yes. just go on MySpace. It's a yeah. real,
0: for those of you who don't know, it's this real hip social network was, and media kind was. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I, was your song on myspace i oh, I have no idea uh, i can 't remember wasn 't there back. a song that went
3: with everybody 's profile you could put them on there. You could do all kinds of stuff to to tweak it out to whatever you wanted it to be so
0: uh, <laughs> wow. it wow. went the way of the eight track tape didn 't it
3: <laughs> yes uh, a guy named here uh, that works here named Mark Brant was my third grade Bible camp counselor, and somehow we 'd stayed a little bit connected, knew of each other, and then I went to college with a guy that was working here. In student ministry as well, and they needed somebody, and that's how they got a hold of me was my MySpace.com profile. Uh, One thing led to another, and I decided to move back to Iowa where I grew up from uh, the beautiful state of Washington. Mm -hmm. I lived in Seattle at the time. So I ended up here and have never looked back. Uh, It's been an awesome run.
0: Uh, 14 years almost here. Wow. 14 years on staff at Hope. Wow. And Amanda, how long for you now?
2: Well, I first started about 15 years ago, and... um, Took some breaks, came back. I always came back. Uh, So I think if you add it all up, it's probably about thirteen years. But it's it's an estimate. Who's counting? (laughs) Who's counting? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) it's in the teens. Yep, it's Mm -hmm. up there. Mm -hmm. It's in the teens. Well, again, so glad that you're both here today too for this conversation, and it's a conversation that is near and dear to both your hearts. I know this, among other roles that you have both had and continue to oversee at Hope. Amanda is our discipleship pastor at Hope. She oversees all of the discipleship ministries, um, the teaching ministries. Uh, at all of our campuses for grown-ups. Andy is our leadership pastor and men's pastor here at Hope. Uh, Underneath, Amanda, your umbrella, you also do women's ministry uh, and a lot of other things. Uh, You both uh, do preaching and teaching and are incredibly gifted at that. Uh, But this means that both of you have had a lot of experience with our theme for today, which is Better Together. Uh, Mm -hmm. Acts chapter 2. Uh, tells us that a description of what a healthy Christian church looks like. They met by the thousands for worship in the temple each day, but then they met in each other's homes, and the only way they're going to be able to do that is if they are in small groups. And uh, that's where the Better Together theme kicks in. With that introduction, we're going to go deeper into this theme of Acts 2, better together, why we need to be a church that is connected in smaller groups. And so it's time to ask some questions.
1: Let's do it. Okay,
3: so uh, hey, why don't we just jump right in? Anybody got any questions? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. First question. Uh, how does scientific research affirm biblical mandates for weekly worship and investing in relationships? And why does that matter? Mike? Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it matters a lot. Um, I'll start and then you guys can chime right in. Um, there were two studies that I found in preparation for last weekend's sermon. One was led by a, a psychologist in a Wall Street Journal uh, columnist named Susan Pinker, Dr. Susan Pinker. Another one by a Dr. Waldinger, Robert Waldinger at Harvard University. Uh, long story, much shorter, because I don't want to repeat these things. Uh, what they found was that social integration and meaningful close relationships were the two things above anything else. And that includes um, what we eat, nutrition, exercise habits, um, so, managing stress, and on and on and on the list goes. Um, it the, the chart, uh, the Staying Alive chart that Dr. Pinker put together kind of depicts this and shows the, on, on a, in a graphic kind of way what's most important if you want to live happier, healthier, and longer lives. And social integration and close relationships are at the tip of the iceberg there. The point being, we were wired up for this, and we don't get to vote on it ultimately. We need to have close relationships. We need to have social integration. And uh, Amanda and Andy and uh, Emily, please chime in as well. Uh, Doing that in the midst of a pandemic isn't as easy as it used to be, is it?
3: You know, you you talk about research. One of the things that
0: I I stumbled
3: across a while ago, even pre-pandemic, was just the complexity of need that we have when it comes to connection. Uh, Mm. There's this whole thing, it's called proxemics, and basically it says as human beings. uh, I think Ed Hall is the guy's name, and in the 60s he figured out we connect in these four different ways, and sometimes that's with just one or two other people in an intimate space. Sometimes it's a personal space, which would be like your typical small group. But we also have this need for the social element, right? Groups up to – and they, they can tell you how comf- how many inches apart you're going to be comfortable uh, in these different types of spaces and yeah. how many people – I mean, it's just fascinating. Human beings, very fascinating, very complex in this, right? So we need that social part, but we also need the large, like more than 75 people to feel like we're fully alive, like we're a part of something bigger than ourselves, mm-hmm. And, man, as I was thinking about this this last week, I got to preach on this as well. Like, in the pandemic, we had all of those in various ways taken from us, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Hall's research says you need all four of those at the same time to really be satisfied, to really feel like you're living that abundant life, I think, that Jesus promises us in John 10. So, mm. yeah.
0: That's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, well said. Emily... As you oversee church life here at Hope, and also as a parent and somebody who's heavily involved in our children's and youth ministries,
1: mm-hmm.
0: do you do you see this as just an adult issue, or is it also an issue for kids?
1: No, I think it's a huge issue for kids. I think that um, not only is you know our social settings important for our mental health, but even developmentally, in other ways, for kids, it's such a big deal. We were looking at babies who didn't get to see facial expressions behind a mask for quite a while now. And I think that now uh, we're seeing teenagers who they don't have the ability to maybe know or recognize the difference in what they would have had a couple years ago. I look at my daughter who started kindergarten the first uh, school year of the pandemic. The good news is she didn't know any different, like go to school in a mask, be careful of your distancing That's kind of just what she thought elementary school was. Mm -hmm. And now that she, you know, gets to do more activities again in still careful ways, I see her lighting up and, you know, getting to do new things. And so I don't think the kids can recognize those differences, but they were still massive needs and big things that they missed out on for a while.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I, I read a study, speaking of research, which is a part of this first question. Uh, That said it's been difficult, obviously, this pandemic for everybody on some level or another and for almost all of us socially. Mm -hmm. And if these two things are the most important things, according to the research, according to the research from Harvard, Mm -hmm. according to the research from Dr. Pinker that she's involved in. And these are not small studies. The Harvard study is an 80-plus-year study. There's just nothing else like it out there. Mm. It's an 80-plus-year study that has had three different directors, includes thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people that they track since 1938 to measure your happiness, your health, and your longevity. I mean, the data is so rich, and it's, it's so trustworthy just because of this, just the science of research. And if you look at this, and you look at the charts, and you see that social integration and close relationships are the two biggest keys for us to be happier, healthier, and to live longer. We're not just talking about um, a biblical mandate anymore. We're talking about the research affirming that biblical mandate, which I love. I'll just say that as an aside, when the research starts to catch up with the word of God. And it shows us, I think, all the more that we can trust in God's word. When God tells us here, this is the way I want you to live your life. Here's some commandments. Here's some laws. Here's some guidelines. These are given for your benefit because what do they do? They... they They strengthen us in our relationships. Every single one of the Ten Commandments either strengthens our relationship with each other or it strengthens our relationship with God. Mm. Uh, And all of God's laws, they're all about Mm. relationships. I really think we minimize those relationships. And I think it's important to talk about physical well-being. I think it's important to talk about, you know, making sure that we're doing uh, the right things for our bodies physically. Our bodies are a temple and all that. But not at the expense of leaving behind the social aspect of our spirituality, of our faith, of our walk with Jesus Christ, that we understand uh, these relationships absolutely are essential, they matter. And those things get challenged, as you guys have so well stated during this pandemic. Uh, Let's move on, though. We've got three questions to hit. We've hit one, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of questions out there from the reporters in the field. So let's dig in. Emily?
1: Yeah, Amanda, this next one will go to you first. You oversee all of Hope's Discipleship Ministries. What have you seen over these years, uh, looking at those ministries, that makes you an advocate for groups and getting people in groups? What difference does that make?
2: What we see happen again and again and again and again is that this huge community of all of Lutheran Church of Hope, the Hope Network, if you will, uh, even just here within the walls of one specific campus, the thousands of people that you walk by, all of a sudden when you get into community, when you get involved with other people and begin to make those connections, then hope becomes so much smaller. Uh, We see... Every single service, every single weekend, how people who have connected through a class or a a men's or a women's group or a hope group or any of those different opportunities, uh, how once they've kind of gotten to know each other a little bit, they realize they have a few things in common, they realize they attend the same service, and so then all of a sudden they're sitting together in a little community there within a worship service, and it's beautiful when you get to look out and see those folks and you kind of know how they've connected over the years, you kind of know what class uh, they were involved in or what group they've been involved in. It's beautiful. And I can, you know, speak as well. I've mentioned this, uh, you know, Pastor Andy and Pastor Mike and Emily. Uh, we've worked together for a long time. And you know that uh, we're part of a hope group here, uh, my fa- my husband and I, my family. And um, uh, I've shared with you what a huge blessing that group has been in my life. I can't imagine... Uh, my life without those people. Now, it took a couple of tries. We had a couple of groups that we were a part of that for whatever reason didn't work out. uh, But we kept trying. Uh, We assumed maybe the problem was us. So we just have to find some (laughs) people who would eventually be willing to put up with us. Uh, And eventually we did. And so we've been together for about 13 years. And uh, we are on the next generation of, um, you know, of kids and now weddings Mm. and Grandkids and being able to baptize those kids as a pastor um, when when I'm invited into that it's it's beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Beautiful is a good word for yeah. it. I've heard you testify about that to me. I'm just yeah. just in casual conversation talk about how important your group is to you. Yeah. Um, and I've and I and I know that that's true. I know who's in your group. Mm-hmm. You guys have been together thirteen years. You said yeah. plus. Yeah.
2: Josh was pretty little. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And that's mm-hmm. not
0: uncommon around here uh, or in other churches. It, yeah. So when we talk about groups, Andy, what are we talking about exactly? What is a small group? For people who this is a foreign language to them, what on earth are you talking about? They say, I'm a Christian, I go to church, I come and worship, I do my thing. Um, What's this group stuff you're talking about? I like to use the word family, right? Like a Christian family. Now, some of us, we hear that word
3: family, and we're like, my family puts the fun in dysfunction. So I don't know <laughs> if that's a helpful metaphor. I think we have to go back to the Bible, though, right? And and let God define family for us. And I think Acts 2 is a perfect picture of that. So, Yeah, just it really thoughts.
0: is. because, And it gets back to the math of it, too. So there's a small band of followers of Jesus— until the day of Pentecost, until yeah. the birthday of the church, and suddenly there's 3,000. And whoa, they've got a, they've got a logistical problem. They, they have to figure out what every big church, like Hope, has to figure out real quick, or it's not going to make it. It's not going to be sustainable. And more importantly than the sustainability of a particular congregation, as important as that is, and I don't want to minimize that, but more importantly is not just, the, not just will the church make it, but will the individual members of that church Grow will will yeah. will it be something that blesses them in their relationship with God? I mean, what's yeah. the point of doing church? Yeah. Isn't it for the sake of you know proclaiming the gospel and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and and making disciples of all nations? Isn't that our great commission? And uh, loving one another according to the great commandment. the The goal has to be ultimately then to see God transform lives. That that's what we're mm-hmm. shooting for, and mm-hmm. so. If we don't get into groups, that's, that's just not going to happen. Uh, I want to say more about that, but let's, let's move forward. Let's go to the next question, and then we'll do a deeper dive.
1: Yeah, Andy, we'll start with you on this one. You lead all the ministries for half of Hope, the men. Yeah. Uh, tradi- I try to lead,
0: <laughs> <That's> be, just <laughs> to be clear. That's, that's my half. Uh, over here with Andy on the screen. Where, where, uh, where right, is it? Yeah. Oh, over uh-huh. here, right? Yeah, the, the dividing line.
1: Uh, traditionally, some might notice or say that men tend to resist getting into groups. <laughs> no. What? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Why is that, do you think? And what would you say to those men about being in a group and doing life together?
3: It's funny that you bring this up because just this week as well, in my research for my sermon this last week, SNL, Saturday Night Live, did a (laughs) whole sketch called Man Park, where it was a dog park. Where ladies could bring their husbands or significant <laughs> others to get connected to other guys. So oh just, God. just search it on YouTube. It's hilarious. No. Wasn't totally sermon appropriate, but no. for the most part, it was, it was okay, right? Because this is a common thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is this is nothing new. And I have social anxiety, right? I get nervous about these things, and I've been hesitant to it for a, a whole lot of different reasons in my own life. Uh, but I'll tell you, here's here's what I know uh, in my own life, and I with a lot of other guys that I interact with around here. For the most part, I think I'd start with our culture and the fact that we've been sold this lie, right? So one of the things I wanted to say earlier was that life is a team sport, right? Mm. But but when I think about who I wanted to be as a kid, uh, it was Indiana Jones, right? It was yeah. James Bond. Okay. It was fill in the blank with your rugged, independent, handsome, capable, no, no need for anybody else's help. I mean, he's uh, called the
0: Lone Ranger, right? Right, yeah. right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Right, so I, I mean we, that's that's what our culture values, and if you think about it, right, we're a nation that was founded in rebellion, right? Like they, England tried to control us and tax us, and they said no way, right? We started throwing tea in the ocean and all that stuff. So uh, that's that's in our blood and in our DNA, and I think that uh, uh, certainly applies here. I also think, and and I come back a lot to Genesis one, two, and three when I think about. Where we're at with this whole idea of community and connecting, right? God created us together in his image, and and it says in 126 of Genesis, right? Our image, because God himself is community, right? Uh, And they're naked and unashamed. Like, they are fully able to be themselves. But something happens, things get broken, and suddenly it says that Adam and Eve, right? They hide. They they feel Mm. shame. Just imagine a world with no shame, first off, right, <laughs> where you're completely safe uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all those things. And then to see that get ruined. And I, Adam and Eve, they, they run and they hide. They, they come up with some cool costumes because all they can find is fig leaves. They cover themselves. And I think human beings have been doing that ever since. And and the gravitational pull to run and to hide, uh, I think men carry a, a, a significant amount of shame. And I think it's really hard in a culture where that is to take that journey and and overcome that is never going to be encouraged easily. It's never going to come without a cost and sacrifice. And so uh, I think those are a few of the things. And then it just right community doesn't form overnight. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we struggle to to want invest the long in the long term game plan that's necessary to build
0: community with people. Mm-hmm. So for know. a lot of men, this is a big issue. The average man has something like last I notice, 0. 0.7 friends. And that, that doesn't mean you don't have more than one or two people you can talk to, you know, and shoot the breeze with over coffee, talk about the weather. And, lots of acquaintances. And, and, right? And, right, lots of acquaintances. We can, we yeah. can talk sports with strangers, uh, a, a, lot, a lot of us. <laughs> For right? hours. For hours on end. We can, we can do movie lines, you know, forever in a day. Um, there, there's a lot of things. And I'm, I'm diving into stereotypes here. So I may not be talking about you, but I'm talking about a lot of men. Uh, and the reality is a lot of men are wired that way. And so close relationships aren't going to come easily. Um, social integration isn't going to come easily. Not the kind that's really going to bless us. Not the kind that's the the Greek word for it in Acts 2 is koinonia, which means this spiritual bond. This, this a point at which your friendship really becomes uh, like brothers. And uh, where, where that bond is so deep that it is... Um, it's something that just carries with you. It, it, it encourages you, it holds you accountable, it supports you. Uh, it does so many other things. I think that's hard for a lot of men, but it also goes beyond, you know, it used to be easier just to say, so, so for a lot of women, that's a lot easier. For a lot of men, it's a lot harder. But during this pandemic, it's getting harder for everybody. The same research, I think it was the Harvard side of the studies I was looking at this last week in preparation for the sermon, the same research that shows how important social integration and close relationships is for our happiness, our health, and our longevity, Got if you get into the weeds of it, the details of it, it says the average American had something like three-plus friends pre-pandemic, and now it's down to less than 1.5. Wow. Because the pandemic... Isolates us and, and, and mm-hmm. pulls us apart and, and takes us in directions that um, they're not good for our happiness or our health or our longevity. <laughs> right. And most important, I would say as a pastor, they're not good for our faith. They're not. Mm-hmm. My faith is so much stronger because I've got a group of men that yeah. I've been meeting with for over a decade. And I wouldn't be as strong if I didn't have that. There's just no doubt in my mind. Amanda, say more about that too in, yeah. in, in your group. Where would you be without that group, spiritually speaking?
2: Well, it's just incredible when you look at a text. And uh, and I'm going to say this, a lot of this before I became the pastor in their group. When you become the pastor in their group, yes. then they look at, you know, you know
3: that,
0: right? I can, yes. I,
2: right, right, yeah. So uh, what's the answer to this biblical <laughs> yeah, question? Exactly, yeah. exactly. But so the... the the nuance that everyone brings to the text. And you don't have to know a single thing about uh, context or background or any of that, but you just have to kind of believe that when Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody and they're sharing their perspective on a text, take that seriously. Maybe it doesn't speak to you personally in that moment, but realize that maybe that's what Holy Spirit is doing to them. Now, also, they could be kind of sideways. That totally happens. Uh, And so... You just have that dialogue, and, and if everyone in the room is willing to be humble and willing to be teachable and willing to learn from one another, uh, then it's incredible the ways that you can see a richness in in the Bible and in the text, and specifically looking at Jesus' teachings and what he might have been up to. Uh, I remember one time, specifically, we were looking at uh, Mark chapter 5, and we were looking at uh, the pig farmer and uh, how the the... There was a man who was possessed by a demon, and Jesus uh, went to the man and, and sent the demons into the pigs, and all the pigs run, into, run off the hillside then. and so It's, it's a pretty action-packed story. It, it is a pretty action-packed story, right? And we were having this conversation, and it wasn't me who said it, but somebody in the group was relating something that was kind of collectively going on in our lives and just saying, you know, what if God's doing something? What if we're just the pig farmer? and across the whole room, everybody just kind of stopped talking and just kind of looked at that person like, where did that come (laughs) from? (laughs) But kind of realized, holy cow, that might actually be what's happening Mm. here. And I've just been thinking that everything was terrible, but God's doing a thing, and it just so happens that it doesn't line up with what I'm doing right now, but that Mm. doesn't mean it's not really good, what Mm. God is doing. And so those different... um, of ways of seeing the text differently the way other people mm-hmm. see it. Now, that takes, it, it takes time. The biggest incentive or the biggest um, encouragement that I can give in terms of beginning this process is because it will take time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There might be starts and stops. There might be groups that you think you kind of click, but then something happens and you don't. And I I also think that when we talk about that closeness, sometimes, and sometimes people don't want to hear this, but sometimes you have to go through something hard in order for that to Mm -hmm. really click and to mesh. But the truth of the matter is, those things are going to happen in our lives anyway. Uh, I feel like this is what one of the things that Jesus meant when he said his yoke is easy and his burden is light, along with the teaching, take heart, you know, in this world and you will have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world um we 're going to go through those things, and so the sooner we begin building our foundation, and the sooner we begin kind of establishing that community um, the better because then it 's there for us so again, the best reason if you 're on the fence of of getting in community, do it now instead of waking up five years from now and wishing that you had gotten started
0: yeah we yeah. you know i I think of the impact small groups have had on me, yeah. on, on you. You just testified to that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Andy and Emily to the two of you too. The mm-hmm. difference that groups have made in our lives is remarkable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's absolutely over the top phenomenal in, in my own men's group. Um, we've, I know that in one case, uh, a marriage went from certain divorce to, to reconciled and not just reconciled for the sake mm-hmm. of, Oh, we're going to hang it in there and, and stick it out. But they're in love. I mean, it's, it's like transformational. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife has told me, you probably need to get back to your men's group really soon, because <laughs> you're, you're kind of you know losing something around the edges here. Uh, you, you need to go hang out with your boys and mm-hmm. um, meaning my group. Uh, we're good for one another. Mm-hmm. When, when God uses that, God mm-hmm. uses that koinonia, that f- Christian fellowship, that, those connections, those bonds that community, uh, to change us. And again, I'm just going to keep coming back to it. It's essential. It's absolutely essential. We were made to do life together, not as Lone Rangers. Uh, I, I pose this question again because I think it's about as, impo- as, as simple but, but gets to the importance of, of community life as Christians and how we were not made to do spirituality alone as some sort of private consumeristic pursuit. When we think back over the highlights of our lives, almost all of those highlights happened in community. They Mm -hmm. almost always happen in relationship Mm -hmm. with other people. They almost always happen not staring at a screen or, you know, just um, scrolling through social media or binge watching another Netflix show, as fun as that is, uh, and doing all those things. Those don't go down as, you know, I I doubt a whole lot of people in their deathbed are like, let's talk about Yellowstone. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I think they're. I think they're going to want to talk as much as I'd love to talk about it. Or let's talk about the the crazy NFL weekend that yeah. we just had with all those wild finishes and games. Yeah, that's great. That's that's fun topics to talk about. But man, the highlights, the best stuff, the stuff that makes life the most worth living, are close. Our relationships. Mm-hmm. It's this koinonia. It's it's the bonds that we have with one another.
1: Yeah, I think that our deeper dive is kind of <laughs> what we're talking about. I was waiting for that was a really deep
0: dive. That was a. I mean, we were scuba doing. We were Jacques <laughs> Cousteauing diving. We were we were the uh, the uh, aquatic life with Zizu or whatever that movie is. That was a deep dive.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, currently COVID has kind of pushed us all into isolation. I think that we're already talking about this, but I think, uh, compared to that, what is, what is the point of groups and what does that get us?
0: Yeah. That's uh, why, why do you guys, what would you say to that? Why are face-to-face relationships so important? (laughs) Start with you, Andy.
3: One of the things that comes to mind, obviously, we've listed about 100 other reasons, but mm-hmm. I think one of the other things that's popped into my head, uh, it comes to discernment. It comes to our ability to perceive the world around us. We can't get to clarity on our own. Like we mm-hmm. We can't get a 360-degree view of what's happening in our mm-hmm. lives on our own. We need other people to help reveal that. And Uh, you know, we, we are surprised sometimes when it gets hard, there's actually even models of group and relationship development, right? Forming, storming, norming, performing, like it's going to be challenging, but it's worth it, I think, because you get a new lens and a new level, uh, to experience God's grace and God's truth and God's peace and all those things through, I mean, it's hard to do life and hard to do faith without relationships, so. Yeah.
0: That's that's well said. What what do you say to the person who's out there who says I'd love to be in a group. I'd love to have friendships. I'd read. I'd love to be close to people, mm-hmm. but I I've tried and I can't. It doesn't work. What what would you say to those folks, Amanda?
2: Well, I would say one, keep trying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say you know also if that's where you're if if that's where you're at if you feel like you've tried again and again and again, um, you know that's also what we're here for. Uh, as mm-hmm. pastors, we actually you know our first job really is to to talk with folks and to um to help kind of shepherd some of those conversations and to help kind of figure out uh what it is that might that might be going on there in terms of getting community so the face to face piece is important but honestly it you know if if it's online community and we're offering that through our hope groups as well our hope group launch that can actually be just as helpful or at least It can be a stopgap until we're able to develop those face-to-face relationships. I know Andy and I go back and forth uh, because I have kind of likened uh, Zoom meetings to, like, making rice out of cauliflower or Zoom meetings to, like, uh, (laughs) zucchini noodles for pasta. Like, it'll get the job done. But seriously, I just really would like to have the pasta. Well, because the Uh, answer (laughs) is both, though, right? Yes. There is a time and a place. Uh, But... uh, so while it might not be ideal the that online connection that uh, zoom connection especially if you can see faces kind of like what we're doing now but even if you can just talk to one another uh, that actually can be that can be enough and it if it's nothing versus zoom or online connection by all means it's not even close take the online connection
0: Yeah, I don't think we have to like pretend. Yeah. It's better face to face. Pretty much everything is. Mm -hmm. You know, going to a game face to face or going to theater, live theater in the theater Mm -hmm. is better than watching uh, Hamilton on TV. Right. You know, it's just better in the room. Mm -hmm. It's better to be at the game than just watching it on TV. Yeah. But it's better to watch it on TV than not do it at all. all. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Same thing with mm -hmm. worship, same thing with Mm -hmm. group life. So here at Hope, we have this new thing we're doing called Hope Groups, which is really an old thing. We're just yeah. kind of rebranding it yep. and saying small groups are Hope Groups. Life Groups are Hope Groups. We're calling it all Hope Groups. Mm. Uh, and we want all who are um, able to get into a Hope Group. But and that could be in person. That could be online. Um, but more importantly, we're just trying to make it easy. We're, mm-hmm. trying, to, we're trying to get those doors open mm-hmm. for you. Amanda, I think you said something so important there. Um, that And, and I'm going to go ahead and transition from our deeper dive into the mic drop moment. So we, you guys can think about yours. The mic drop moments in each of our episodes is that moment when we kind of like, oh, a light bulb went on. I hadn't thought of it quite like that before. But you said, you know, if you're having trouble getting that that experience of koinonia, that experience of community, of group life, if you hear us talking about all the benefits of being in a group, if you read Acts 2 and you say... I get the worship part, I get the Bible study part, I get the prayer part, I get the giving part, I get it all, I understand that's all part of the church, but I don't really need to do it in a group, do I? I mean, I don't really need to find other Christians to be my sisters and brothers in Christ, but you do. And so if you aren't, my mic drop moment, Amanda, is when you said, come and seek some help. I mean, we've got spiritual Mm -hmm. counselors here, pastors, care ministers, people who will walk along, youth directors if you're younger. We've got people who will help. So... Let us help you find your way to it, Um, but for those who are ready to dive in again, we got Hope Group's coming. So tell us about that, Amanda.
2: For those of you that want to come to the building, we will have the doors open. We'll have a meal ready for you at 6 o'clock on Tuesday evening on February 1st. And then beginning at around 6.20 or so, we'll dig in with the teaching. That first night, we're going to kind of help you meet some different people, uh, have you move around the room a little bit. And Eric Payton, he's not with us today, but he is our Groups Coordinator, and he is amazing at what he does. And he is passionate about helping you find your place in this bigger community of hope uh, so he'll be leading that night and uh, have some different ways for you to meet some different folks and then during that next week then you'll kind of get put into a group we'll kind of take a look at all of the folks who are here and all the dynamics and we'll start assigning groups then so that when you come for the next week on February 8th again meal 6 o'clock we're going to feed you because we know that that after work time and getting to the next thing can be super tricky so come for dinner uh, we'll have child care available for the little kids um, and then you get into your group and you'll hear a teaching from one of Hope's pastors. Again uh, it'll be a live teaching that second week and then you'll have some discussion questions that our adult discipleship team led by uh, Eric in this case for the group's piece has uh, been putting together and so we're going to make it as straightforward for you as possible. Now if you need to join online because you don't feel safe going out in public right now, totally get it. If you don't live close enough to be able to do that, we have plenty of folks. I was looking today we have folks in Maryland and Arizona Arizona and all over the country that are going to be joining us for Hope Group kickoff. And so we'll get you in an online Zoom group, and you will watch the same teaching. Uh, we can't feed you in Arizona. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, haven't
3: figured that out uh, no, yet. Nah. We've,
2: no, you're going to have to figure out how to get yourself some dinner. Um, but uh, you'll have the teaching, and then we have Zoom hosts who are going to make sure that you get put into a Zoom group as well, and it'll be the same Zoom group every week. Our prayer for you, even online, will be that you know, you click with this group and you're able to continue going, but the only commitment you're making is five weeks.
0: If you're archiving this and you found it a year later, yeah. we don't have that program for you this coming Tuesday, but, uh, but I bet you we have we a got Hope group something. kickoff coming yeah. up. I'll guarantee somewhere. you, we've yeah. got a We're not going to just quit yeah. after yeah. five weeks. Yeah. So.
2: yeah, no, we're not quitting. No, no.
0: <laughs> exactly. I want
1: to yeah. I want to add one more encouragement, either for Hope group kickoff or for groups. I think that we've talked a lot about doing life together, but I think that Another big component is this idea of discipleship, which really just means like getting closer to God and mm-hmm. your own journey forward. And I think that groups are really important for that as well. And the other part of being a bigger church and the importance of getting into a group is that on the weekend, you guys do this amazing job of preaching to everyone in the room, whether they're there for the first time and don't have never opened the Bible Or one of our own Bible teachers is in the room and God speaks to them. But the beauty in a group coming together is you're on some sort of a journey, whether you're the one encouraging others and you're getting to use your gifts or you're looking to be encouraged. That is your opportunity to take your own deeper dive in community. And I think that that's so important. And so another reason. To go. I got two
0: mic drop moments now. See, it was uh, it was it was it was that as well. Thanks for that, Emily. I'm so glad you said that. I I when we talk about relationships and how they bring quality to our lives and blessings to our lives and make us happier and healthier, it's not just the relationships we have with each other, which is what we've spoken about the majority of this episode. But it's like you said, it's that relationship that we have with God. And when when we're in groups. It, it happens just much more naturally, uh, and mm-hmm. it's much more effective that we're going to grow together. And um, you were very uh, diplomatic about the way you say the preachers are still important. They still have a role. <laughs> but, but when we're really getting serious about growing in our faith, um, mm-hmm. the, the real key is these groups and, and finding that place to grow in your relationship, not just with each other, but with God. Koinonia means both. Yeah, so that's a pretty cool. I thing.
1: I will add then my mic drop was Amanda's example of that of being in a group and looking at a Bible passage and respecting another view and somebody else saying like, well, what if it's like this? Right. And I think that's the beauty. And I also think that in this COVID world, uh, my personal experience is we've had a lot of reasons to worry and be wrapped up in our mind about all kinds of things and so the community around me stopping me sometimes and saying god's got this or this is what god is calling us to do in this moment Mm -hmm. has been this great reminder and i've needed that community personally so
0: man isn't that true that one of the best things about groups isn't just the, oh in a Bible study there's a there's a light bulb there's a there's yeah. something I never thought of before it's a new revelation on how to unpack that text that happens in groups mm-hmm. but the other thing that happens in groups is you see examples mm-hmm. you see couples that are working their marriage through a difficult time and they show you an example you see parents who are struggling with their kids, but as Christian parents, they show you that they persevere and that's mm-hmm. an example you um you you are in a in a prayer time with your group, and you see, wow, if that guy can pray, I guess I could pray, you know, and, and that's an example. So in all these ways, we grow in our faith. Mm-hmm. It's the beauty of community, and it's the power of it, and that's, that's not even saying anything about, you know, when you're really up against it, your group shows up for you and supports you, and that's an example, and that teaches you how important God's presence is through the group for you, mm-hmm. and, and the list goes on and on and yeah. on. So, yes, amen. Mm-hmm. Andy, mm-hmm. your mic drop moment today? I I I just can't come back to the technology. First
3: off, I can't imagine a pandemic without the technology that right. we've had, right? Yeah, the praise way God that we have been right. able to navigate relationships and then whether it was the joke about we can't figure out how to get, you know, food to you through the internet yeah. or whatever, right? I, I am struck though, and I feel like one of the things that I've learned here, and I think it's been affirmed today, right? So often around hope we talk about the fact that it's not an either or, mm-hmm. but oftentimes it's a it's a both and and I feel like Digital relationship uh, and face to face. I think I just reminded in this conversation that both of those, they they almost have to work together today. You, you, I think you can have a strong preference for one, right? But at least in my life, it seems like my thriving relationships really are uh, a mixture of both those. In fact, I got a text today from a dear friend, a, a guy that I'm in a group with. I see him every week, and uh, you know he he had a really difficult thing today and sent me a text, and that just was enough than to bring us to a phone call. And he's in town here, right? But I have friends around the country, too. Just because you're separated geographically doesn't mean God can't use the relationship. And mm-hmm. I feel like almost everything we've talked about today kind of drives at that. So mm-hmm. that would be for me. Wow.
0: This first episode's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope all the other ones can live up to it. That's just great. Amanda, did we give you a chance for a mic drop?
2: Uh, I don't think so. Well, let's uh, go. Yeah, so I really took note of what Andy said about you, in a group, you learn to receive forgiveness or you experience receiving Mm. forgiveness. And that's such a really good reminder. I know that, um, I've seen that lived out in classes here at Hope. I've seen that in my own group. And I think the other thing that's super important to that is we also learn how to give grace and how Mm. to give forgiveness because people who you love, as you go on this journey, as you if if you're able to get into a group that's able to stay together, they're going to do things that you don't like. <laughs> uh, strangely,
3: whenever two humans get together, yep, right? absolutely,
2: there's going to be a difference of opinion. You're going to have hard times, and not that much different than a, a marriage. To be honest, I mean, it's not going to require lawyers and a bunch of other things to to end it. Um, but uh, you're going to have to forgive, and you learn how to do that. And when you learn to forgive, you learn to. Uh, be forgiven, I think, better, and experience it 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 just is a healthy thing for us all to learn how mm-hmm. to do, so that mic drop moment from Andy uh, reminded me of the flip side of that as well.
0: well, there you have it folks uh, the The doors are wide open for you, um, whether you 're a part of our our campus here in West Des Moines of Hope or one of our other campuses or local sites. Uh, here in West Des Moines, everything starts Tuesday, this coming mm-hmm. Tuesday, uh, first Tuesday of February of 2022. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this later, there's other groups, men's, yeah. women's, couples, kids, uh, all ages, uh, seniors, everything in between. If you're a part of another church, I'll guarantee you, they've got something for you. They, they've, they've got places for you to connect. And I pray and hope that you'll find that, um, as Amanda just said, uh, one of the great benefits of groups is we learn to have grace, and we, we see that exemplified, too, the grace that people have for one another. So thank you for your grace for us for tuning in to an imperfect podcast, but one that I pray God will use uh, to bless you and to strengthen your faith. And thank you, uh, too, and praise God, as Andy said, that we have this technology that we can connect with you uh, in the midst of uh, all these things and from wherever you are, people all around the world. Uh, We'll be hearing these same words, and I pray God will bless you through these words of this podcast today and those that will follow. Uh, We love you, but God loves you more, and we will see you next time on the Pastor Microwth Live.
1: Thanks for joining us today. Please click like, share it with a friend, and subscribe so we can see you next time.